0: To win an election in Georgia, <laughs> I know where you're going. Here's what you need to do you need to put on a denim jacket <laughs> and walk slowly but seriously through a field. Yes, I swept Brian Kemp, David Perdue, Sonny Perdue, they all why, what's up with the denim well, jacket the in deal. Georgia, Jerry? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the second page. Welcome to our 2020 election special. Jerry, are you ready for this election season?
1: Yes, I am. You know, um, it should be very interesting. There are a lot of interesting races, not just the top of the ticket, but down ballot. There down are ballot is great. Of, yeah.
0: So it was funny, Jerry. We're doing the election special, and I almost thought this story had to do with the election special, but Sean Trace yeah. we were trying to figure out his name, He's a postal worker. In Pen- in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. It's Nine a suburb bags of, of mail out for the trash. Yeah. Raided his house and arrested
1: him. They did not find any mail in ballots. thank God. Yes, but there were important pieces of mail that he was going to throw away. Yes. Um, He originally said it was one, but then later admitted nine Nine bags. That's a lot of mail. And then
0: people had been complaining for some time that they
1: weren't receiving mail.
0: That's a lot of mail. Yeah, crazy. So today's show is a great show because we're going to be discussing democracy in action. So just to set the table, we have some really hot contests going on, and we're going to summarize those in the candidates. And our first story, and then in our second story, six battleground states. Now, there are a couple other states that are battleground states, but the writer of this article really honed in on these six states as being the top electoral prizes in this election season. They're almost half the electoral votes needed. Absolutely. And then uh, it's interesting. This story was about GOP leaders who have now distanced themselves from Donald Trump. So that's an interesting story. I don't know if we had that. Graphic, you know, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's not. This is not a fun show. So, yeah, (laughs) that would be great. Uh, And then Jerry's got some commentary, and then we'll close the show. Oh, no sports story today. Hey, this is democracy in action. We'll get back to sports next week, but we're going to talk about the election. More important things than sports. Yep, yep, absolutely. So when we get back, we're going to break into these hot races in the country. All right. So this first article comes out of USA Today. Actually, these first two articles out of the USA Today. This one is uh, written by Janine Santucci. And the title of the article was Democrats are trying to flip the Senate in 2020.
1: These are the seats considered up for grabs on Election Day. You ready, Jerry? Yeah, Terry. And the, the interesting thing about that article, and uh-huh. and what a lot of people don't don't know, and I didn't realize it. There are thirty five Senate seats up for elect this election. I didn't either. Twenty three are Republican, twelve are Democrat. Yep. And right now, you know, currently Republicans hold a fifty three to forty five majority in the U.S. Senate. So absolutely, this will this could flip the Senate. Absolutely. All
0: right. So the first race, we're college football fans down here in the South. So roll tide. <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, Tommy Tuberville, former Auburn Tigers coach. Remember, they uh, technically were national champions, but they were on probation. They went, remember, they went like thirteen yeah. and zero. Yeah, with Jason they Campbell were, at quarterback, Cadillac yeah, like Williams, the, so Ronnie t- Brown.
1: Yep. So yep.
0: Tommy Tuberville versus Doug Jones, Jerry. What do you think about this yeah, race?
1: Yeah, and I, uh, Doug Jones, Alabama is a ruby red state. Okay. Uh, Doug Jones is the incumbent. He won a runoff. Won a runoff uh, a couple of years ago against um, the. Um, Roy Moore, and you remember yeah, Roy Moore. Yeah, Roy, Roy Moore, Moore was absolutely an interesting character. Very interesting character. There were a lot of serious allegations that were against him, and that really um, derailed his campaign. But yeah, and he loved horses. Doug Jones won that that <laughs> runoff surprisingly in Ruby Red, Alabama, Democrat, and. um I, the way I have this thing, it, this is definitely leaning red. I think the article is it's maybe 63 to 30-something percent, but definitely going to re- lean red here. I think Tuberville— um, well, Now, here, remember now, there was a historic part of this race. Do y'all realize that Tommy Tuberville beat Jeff Sessions oh, yeah. in a runoff? Yeah, he yeah. put Jeff Sessions out of his misery finally and oh, um, ended yeah. his co- political career, Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I do. You, I remember that meme I sent you. Uh, it said, and, and, and this has nothing to do with politics, but it's just funny. It said, Jeff Sessions looked like that little boy who stole a pie off <laughs> of <laughs> 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 a witch's windowsill and she turned him into an old man.
1: <laughs> a curious case of Jeff Sessions. Yeah,
0: yeah, it that was funny. All right. So the next race was in, uh, is in Arizona. Arizona, Mark Kelly versus Martha
1: McSally. Yep. McSally's a big Trump supporter. Yep, McSally, and here's the thing: what I and I call these the way I see them. I, Arizona is a purple state that leans red, typically yeah. red state. Yeah, but in this election. Mark Kelly, he is the husband of former Congresswoman Kathy Giffords. who uh, Gabby Giffords. Gabby, I say Kathy Giffords. I mean, Gabby Giffords, excuse me. Thank you. Um, There was an uh, attempt on her life, an assassination attempt in 2011. Uh, Mark Kelly is a former astronaut. I don't think Martha McSally is that popular in her state. And I'm going to say this one is going to probably go to um, Mark Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's leading oh, in the so polls. So you're making predictions, Jerry. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm gonna, every, each one I'm going to kind of predict right. here. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I like that. I, like I think that. Mark Kelly, he's leading in the poll, So I think he'll win that one.
0: Okay. So next we're going to go to Colorado. Corey Gardner versus John Hickenlooper,
1: yep. former governor. Yep. Colorado is a purple state that tends to lean blue. Um, the incumbent is, as you say, Corey Gardner. Mm-hmm. And he is going against former governor John Hickenlooper. And Hickenlooper was the governor of Colorado when they legalized marijuana. He has a lot of um, progressive views. Oh, then he's gonna win. And that's what, and, and <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's what I put down. I, I, I typically, I think this one, he's gonna win this one. Okay. All right. And so now, our home state of Georgia, we have two races. Yes. Now, here, to mm-hmm. be fair,
0: in the second race, they're, they're like umpteen candidates. Yeah. Well, we will note the two leading candidates, but I don't want, I want to be fair to all the candidates, yes. but in the first race, it's uh, David Perdue and John Ossoff. Mm-hmm. And I just have an observation to make, Jerry, but I want you go ahead and
1: summarize and then I'll yeah. tell you my observation. Yeah. Georgia. Let's just be honest. We live here. I've lived here my entire life. You know, you, you moved here. More than half my life. Yes. yes. Georgia is a red state. I don't remember the last Democrat, maybe Bill Clinton in 92. not I, no, I even if he did that. In an argument with my buddy, Josh, my buddy, Josh, he yeah. says, Georgia is a purple state. Georgia is a red state. It is. Here's hey, Josh, you hear that? Within the next 10 to 20 years, Georgia may become purple. But as of now, Georgia is a red state. I feel the same way. I believe David Perdue is going to win this election against John Ossoff. No, nothing against Ossoff. I just, Georgia is a red state. It's just the climate of the, the politics here. The second- Hold on, hold on. Let me go let ahead. make my observation, Jerry. Okay. All right. So, Jerry, why is it?
0: And I don't know how it is around the rest of the world. But for some reason in the state of Georgia, and it's been this way- I don't know, maybe my entire life that i lived down here, but if you really want to win an election in Georgia, <laughs> I know where you're going. Here's what you need to do. You need to put on a denim jacket <laughs> and walk slowly but seriously through a field. Yes. I sweat Brian Kemp, David Perdue, Sonny Perdue, they're all. Why, what's up with the denim jacket in well, Georgia, Jerry?
1: And, and I don't know if you remember when I told you, I can remember, you I know, was a kid of the, you know, a little kid in the 70s. Yeah. And I remember Jimmy Carter, former president Jimmy Carter. This all started with him. The, here's the deal. Jimmy Carter could back it up because he was a peanut farmer from Plains, Georgia. David Purdue, I don't think, would know uh, a backhoe <laughs> from a, a combine.
0: <laughs> but, and, and here, I've been trying to put on my best Southern yeah. accent.
1: All right. Yeah. My now, name is John, John
0: Smith. And I am walking through this field (laughs) with my denim jacket on and you're going to vote for me because I'm walking through this field with my denim jacket on and I'm
1: very, very serious. They're trying to appeal to a certain voter. But I mean, John Ossoff, to his credit, he didn't participate in that kind of stuff in his campaign. I don't even think he can pull it off. No, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. He could pull yeah. it off. I'm like, Dude,
0: this is Jordan. We're a little bit more advanced than Denim. Yes. <laughs> right. So the second one. race is a special I think, I think election. Perdue Go ahead. Win. I think Purdue. Oh, Purdue will win. win. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Special election, because I voted this past week. I think it was like 23 candidates. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's many? a lot. It was, like, it was a, ton. a lot. But the leaders are Kelly Leffler and Raphael Warnock. Mm-hmm. Now, the polls have Warnock in the lead. He's in the 40s. Here's, the thing, Jerry. here's what I got to ask you then. Yes. How can you, in a red state, this might go to Josh's argument. In the polls, David Perdue leads off, but Warnock leads Leffler. How, how, do, how do
1: you reconcile that? I think that? here's the deal. Okay, I think Perdue has not done enough to, let's just be honest, piss enough people off. And okay. I think Kelly Leffler has pissed people off. But let's just think about this. Okay, Kelly Leffler is being accused of doing the exact same thing that David Perdue. She's a woman. And this is Georgia. Mm -hmm. You know, when they got information on the coronavirus. And they they sold their stocks. Exactly. David Perdue did the same thing. It hasn't hurt him. But Kelly Leffler with that. And there are some. She owns the WNBA team here in Atlanta as well. Mm -hmm. I did a dream. Spirit, I think. I can't. Yeah. Anyway. um, But I think she has said some comments that has really hurt her. But here's the, the tidbit on that one. You have to have 50% in order to win. I don't think anyone's going to get 50%. It's going to be a runoff runoff. in January. But Warnock is polling in the low 40s. So he's close, but I don't think he'll get to 50. So in January, they have a special election on that
0: Now, Jerry, you really wanted to touch on this one.
1: Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. It's the incumbent Republican, Joni Ernst, Uh versus the Democratic challenger, Teresa Greenfield. Uh, Iowa has had demo- a Democratic Senate, a long time Democrat. If people remember Tom Harkin from years ago, he retired in 2014, and I remember he ran for president. I think in 88, maybe 92, but mm-hmm. he was a long time Democratic senator from that state. It is a farm state, so you better know something about farming. And let me ask you a th- question:
0: Yes, do you think you need the denim jacket in that state?
1: I don't think so. I mean, okay. you're just a, you're just farm. I mean, it's they they know. But here's the thing. They had a debate, and I actually watched this. I'm a political nerd. So I watched the Iowa Senate debate. Teresa Greenfield was asked the question about how much is the price of a bushel of corn in Iowa? She knew it to the T. She got it down to the, the bushel, everything about it. Joni Ernst, who ran in 2014 as a pig farmer from Iowa, was given the question, the same question about soybeans. She had no idea. And she tried to deflect, to their credit, the two moderators, and they were doing it remotely. Mm -hmm. They cut her off and they made her answer the question. And she tried to piggyback off of Greenfield and start trying to do the corn. And then she got rattled when when she realized she had no idea what she was talking about and was like, my mic cut out. I couldn't hear you. No, Joni Ernst is just someone who it seems like, just got a Senate seat just to be a senator. I think she's going to lose and lose big in Iowa because so, I that, mean, is that, was, a, that sounds like a disaster. That was a disaster, a horrible disaster. She, like I said, she ran as a farmer and you don't know the, the, the price of soybeans and then tried to cover it up. And it was blatantly obvious. The, the moderators, like I said, to their credit, they pointed that out. They would not let her escape from that. And she had egg all over her face. So I think she loses.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: All right. So let's go to Maine, Jerry.
0: Susan Collins versus Sarah Gideon. That's a very interesting one. Okay. Um, I I put it down. You know,
1: Susan Collins doesn't march in lockstep with Republicans. She's pretty much a moderate Republican. Yeah. She's been a senator since 1997. Okay. This is, and I marked um, Maine as a typically blue state. It's a lot of progressive liberal leaning there. And she's been able to stay a senator since 1997. But I think it's time, you know, like when you get a coach in a team, and you need a new voice in the yeah. locker room. I think that's what's gonna happen to Susan Collins in Maine. It's time for a new voice in in Maine. And I think uh she will lose to uh Sarah Gideon. Not really? big. I think it'll be close. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh Michigan, Gary Peters versus John James and mm-hmm. an African American Republican. Absolutely. He's wow. an army vet. Yeah. And um, and here's on this one. Uh Michigan is a blue-collar state. Yeah. And it typically leans blue because of unions. And I honestly don't know much about this one. And, I, I, and Gary uh, Peters is the incumbent. And what I put was, I think he'll just be, um, he'll, he may get the coattails of Biden-Harris ticket. That's okay. it.
0: All right. And so we have Montana, Jerry. And I said, all six people
1: in Montana are voting for Steve <laughs> Bullock uh, or Steve Daines. What are these six people going to pick? Well, I, I got this. Montana is a red state. Okay. It is uh, one of those uh, Rocky Mountain states. Beautiful state, mountainous. Gorgeous. But um I, I think Steve Bullock was a popular governor there. Um this is a toss-up. I couldn't call this one. Okay. And then we have North Carolina, Tom Tillis versus Cal Cunningham. North Carolina is a red state that, that has, has
0: now turned kind of blue. It's purple. It, well, I would call it North Carolina. I'm not gonna purple. say purple. Not not all oh, yeah. the
1: way. It's it's reddish, reddish purple. Okay. okay. <laughs> but um Tom Tillis is the um incumbent. Cal Cunningham is a different kind of Democrat. He has had It's been proven he had an extramarital affair. Typically, when Democratic candidates or incumbents, um, something like that happens, they will run and resign. Cal Cunningham just doubled down and said, I don't care. Because Tom Tillis evidently is not very popular. And I think Cunningham is in the lead in the polls. He has a chance. Even yeah. with his baggage, he has a chance. That's just how unpopular Tom Tillis is in that state. So I'm going to say maybe lean blue, but it's a toss-up. He's got an extra female working hard for him, doesn't he? <laughs>
0: All right. That campaign office is stacked. All right. South Carolina. Now, Jerry, I saved this one for the end. Lindsey yeah. Graham versus Jamie Harrison. South Carolina is a red
1: state. Red. Ruby, ruby, red, ruby red red red. red. red, 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 Yes, it is the birthplace of the Confederacy. It's the first state to secede from the Union you know, from the, the Civil War, and they don't let you forget that. Here's the thing, Jamie Harrison, record-breaking fundraising. Fundraising, yeah, yeah, fundraising. They are tied in the polls, but I don't typically believe polls, and I'll say this, Jamie Harrison is a highly qualified candidate. Jamie Harrison in any other state would win the Senate, I think, easily. But I do believe... The people of South Carolina, and if there's anybody in South Carolina who's listening to this, hey, hit hit us up and tell me I'm wrong. But Lindsey Graham has been a senator, I think, for over 25 years. What has he done for you people? I don't know, but I think he's going to win just because he's his name is Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So that, that
0: summarizes the hot races going on around the country. When we get back, we're going to talk about the battleground states. All right. So when we get back, battleground states.
1: Folks, we are back um, on the second page, and um, we're going to talk about the presidential election. And we have uh, battleground six battleground states. And of these six states, uh, Terry, could you um, help me out? Who who wrote that article I didn't know. So this one's USA Today, and this is Craig Gilbert.
0: And the title of the article is, these six swing states are pivotal in the White
1: House race, but what— are the keys to winning each state? Yeah, and it's very interesting with these six states, and the reason why they're battleground. The, you need a candidate needs two hundred and seventy electoral votes to take the White House. These six states have comprised and one one hundred and one yes yeah. electoral votes. So they are extremely important. These are probably the states you probably have seen the candidates campaigning the most in.
0: Yeah, you see that they accounted for. They they all accounted for the top twenty media markets in ad spend, and three a, of them Great Lake states, mm-hmm. and then three are Sun Belt states. So the three Great Lake states are Michigan, Wisconsin, eh, Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania? You know, Pennsylvania's not a Great Lake well, yeah. state. Lake it is Lake Erie is, a, Lake Erie's Lake is Erie. in Pennsylvania, yeah. but eh, it's more of a more of kind of a like an Atlantic coast state. But anyway, yeah. and Northern then the California. Sun Belts are Florida, North Carolina, and Arizona. Arizona, and I beg the difference, with you, Terry. I think Arizona's a sunbelt state, but I think mm-hmm. Florida and you know, Southern states, the old no, confederacy. I, I mean, yeah, I, I know the article. We read the article. Yeah, yeah the article was, was written, like, by, the article was written it, was by a like, Yankee. I was thinking, I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't think North Carolina's a sunbelt state. No. I, are they saying it because they have a beach? <laughs> no, I, yeah, and like I said, um, I think you know the, the article was written by somebody there outside of the South. But yeah, North absolutely. Carolina and Florida are southern states. southern states. They're the old exactly confederacy. Right.
0: And then I I noted that it was amazing that Ohio wasn't included.
1: I think Ohio is pretty much going to lean for Trump. Think so? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, typically Ohio predicts our presidents. Well, no. And I remember you told me that, and I went back and researched that. No Republican has ever won without winning winning. Ohio. But a Democrat can win without 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 Ohio. Ohio. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Fantastic. All right.
0: First state, Michigan. They said the article states- Mm -hmm. Biden needs to win Michigan. To he has Trump to. has to. I mean, Trump won by 10,704 votes. Very last, close. Last cycle. And there were a lot of Jill Stein votes in that, too. So, so yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was really close. But yeah. they were like, there's no way Biden's going to
1: win without winning, winning Michigan. Michigan is a state that typically is going to support a Democrat unions. You know, Michigan is a big auto worker state unions, So and Democrats typically support that more. Okay, and then uh, the next state, Wisconsin,
0: stated Wisconsin could be the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Both need Wisconsin to win. But I remember when we came
1: in here to record the show, you're like, it's just ten electoral votes. Tell me, yeah, you you're right. Um, but you, and what you corrected me is that that could be the difference between winning and losing. And I was taking it for granted. Sorry, people in Wisconsin, your cheeseheads. I mean, I love you guys, but um, I think Wisconsin is also one of those states. I had a, you know, I knew a, couple, a friend or whatever from the state in the bigger in the bigger cities and college areas, they're more progressive, more liberal leaning. Mm-hmm. So but I I think in this one, I got a feeling that because Obama won Wisconsin twice. Mm-hmm. Um Hillary took it for granted and didn't even campaign in Michigan or oh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. But um I think Biden learned from her and say I think Biden takes Wisconsin. Okay. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Joe is. Um, he's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He always calls himself Scranton yeah. Joe. Um, Pennsylvania. Here's the deal. And I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, if I offend you, but you people know your state. You have Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and then in the middle you have Alabama and Mississippi. That's Pennsylvania. The the smaller rural areas. You might as well be in Alabama and Mississippi. So those people probably are going to go ruby, ruby red. And then outside, you're going to have more progressive-leaning Democrat. That one, I think because Joe is from there, Biden is from there, I think Biden wins Pennsylvania. Jerry we, never disappoints.
0: He never disappoints.
1: <laughs> they I'm, know over, it's I'm true. over here with tears in my eyes. They know it's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> North Carolina, Jerry. North Carolina. No, here's the, the deal with North Carolina. It is a southern state, and what and what I use with southern states because historically they're the old Confederacy. Those states are usually since nineteen sixty four. Now here is the thing, though, Ruby North red, Carolina has in the past two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. I mean, I support yeah, the Obama. Past two
0: two elections. No, no, no. Remember, no.
1: he lost it the second time. He lost time. in twenty twelve, and then yeah, Clinton, yeah. And Hillary lost in twenty sixteen. Okay, so we're back, Ruby North, Red. North Carolina is yeah, red, purple, red. Close yeah. to Virginia,
0: you know. Uh, yeah,
1: but it's Arizona. More, Oh, I want to finish Go up ahead. on North Go Carolina. Ahead. Ahead. You have I, in North Carolina is another beautiful state as well. Um, the college areas, Raleigh, Durham, uh, Chapel Hill. Those are more progressive with the young college kids and everything. Uh-huh. But I, I, I think Trump wins on uh, North Carolina. Are, are there cities in between Alabama as well? No, they're already in the South. So <laughs> it doesn't even matter about them. OK. All right. Arizona, Jerry. Tell me a little bit about Arizona. Arizona is a sunbelt state. Arizona. Okay. Here's the deal with Arizona. Arizona is a red state you know, John McCain was a longtime senator from that state. Mm-hmm. Barry Goldwater, for people who don't remember, he ran for president in 1964. He represented Arizona in the Senate. So, and um, Arizona typically is going to support Republican presidents, but the mood of the country and demographics have shifted so much. There's a different electorate in Arizona. And I do believe still a very large Latino population, very large yeah. Latino um, population in Arizona. But I, and I think for that purpose um, because of the demographic shift. I think Biden takes Arizona surprisingly. Wow. Surprising because it's going to be huge. down ballot. And I think that's why I said Mark Kelly wins the Senate. Okay. And I think Biden takes. I think the immigration Senate. has something to do with it. Yes, absolutely.
0: OK. Yeah. All right. And now Florida. The, Florida, Florida, Florida. The state of Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah. They what do you think Florida has uh, since 2000. Florida has been, I mean, a major player in presidential elections. Florida is a state that's very, very hard to predict. You have a a large senior population because it's a retiree state. Uh There's a large uh, Latino demographic. There's a diverse population in South Florida. Very diverse in South Florida. Now, then you have um, North Florida, the Panhandle panhandle in Jacksonville, which pretty much is Alabama and (laughs) South Georgia. So um, that's pretty pretty much what what North Florida is. And you know what? I'm from down in that area. So if y'all think it's wrong, come challenge me on it. And You know I'm right. He lived there for what, 46 years? I live 40 miles north of of Tallahassee, Florida. So I know about that panhandle in North Florida. Okay. And I'm putting my Southern accent on trying to. But um, I I think the Northern part of that state, Trump's going to win easily because it's basically South Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. (laughs) Then- like you said, central and southern Florida with all that diversity, that Florida is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to my prediction. I think Biden's going to take it very close. Really? Very, I, very you know close. What? I had uh, Trump win in Florida. I, I think Biden may buy two percentage points. So it's going to be very okay. close. And, and, and here's the thing. If Trump wins, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that's, okay. that's my prediction. So no problem. All
0: right. So when we get back, we're going to have a quick story about these GOP leaders who have started to distance themselves from Trump. And then Jerry has a commentary. Okay, we're back. Jerry, we're going to do the story real quick because I know you have your commentary. And I I love, Jerry's a history buff. And uh, like, so I'm a political science nerd. Jerry's a history nerd <laughs> and a political science nerd. That's why I'm like letting him take lead on this because this is just right up his wheelhouse. And uh, Jerry and I, actually this podcast is spawned from me and Jerry's political discussions uh, (laughs) in regards to politics a lot of the times, and we decided to do a show. So great job, Jerry. Great job so far. All right, so this is a quick article about... And GOP leaders who now that we're getting close to the election have now distanced themselves from the president. Uh, the first one being Mitch McConnell. Mitch hasn't been
1: to the White House since August 6th. And Mitch McConnell has said, I'm trying to do my best Mitch McConnell impersonation, people. Mitch McConnell has said, the reason why I haven't gone back to the White House is because it, anyway, I'm cutting that out. But yeah. he said that he didn't think that they were taking COVID seriously. Yeah, lacks coronavirus yeah. protocols. Yeah. And so, you know, he said it's not like in the Senate. So, Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Ben Sass. Ben Sass. He,
0: wow. He he bore Trump's wrath this past ooh, Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, Trump did.
1: He did he did fire oh, back on yeah. that. For,
0: for, little for, Ben Sass is what he called it. Oh, little him. Ben Sass. Little okay, ben for Sass. people who
1: don't um, yeah. didn't know what happened, there was a uh, phone uh, conversation that was recorded with mm-hmm. some of his supporters, which he really laid into um, to President Trump. Yep. F- he said he, he flirted with white supremacists. Yes. He makes fun of re- evangelicals and religious people behind closed doors. Uh-huh. It was a number of things. Go ahead, Jerry. And, and, and one of them was, um, and, and it's, it's escaping me now. And when you just say that about the evangelicals, yeah. they, it, what I, the thought that I had, you know, kind of left me. But um, it was he really tore into the president and criticized um, President Trump. But even, even Martha
0: McSally, her one of his staunchest supporters, was asked during a debate, "Are you proud of supporting the tr-
1: President Trump?" And she said, "I'm proud of." Fighting for Arizonans. Letting people know she is trying to here's the deal. When you see an incumbent president and his party distancing themselves from that, um and, and then yeah, Terry just brought it my attention. I'm gonna get back to to the Ben Sass, but and get into that. Typically, they have the feel that that incumbent is going to go down and they're not going down with the ship because that's one thing politicians love to do more than help people, which very rarely they do. They love to stay in power. No, absolutely. And the funny thing is, that's the one thing only
0: America needs to realize. Politicians are politicians. They will lead you to believe that they are fighting for you, the little guy. But really, <laughs> the number one goal of every politician is to get reelected. Absolutely. The job pays well, the benefits are
1: great, yeah. and you control the cogs of, you know. And you underwear. get a lot of kickbacks from lobbyists. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But right. um, one more thing allegedly. that Ben Sass. Yeah, actually yeah, Ben Sasse had said is that um, President Trump has uh, kissed dictators' butts. Yeah. Um, and here's the reason why Ben Sass can say this now. He doesn't have a Republican challenger anymore. Yeah. Nobody primaried him. It's Nebraska. Yeah. And you know what? People in Nebraska, I don't care. It's a ruby, ruby, ruby red state. You're <laughs> going to vote Republican no matter what. I mean, so Ben Sass can say that. Yeah. Oh, so he's, he has that political cachet. Yes. he has that. Because no one has challenged him. Got so you. that's why. All right.
0: So when we get back, Jerry's got a commentary. Oh, this is going to be a little long episode, Jerry. I like the political special. All right. So when we get back, Jerry will deliver his commentary and then we'll go ahead and close the show.
1: All right, we're back. Jerry, what say you? Well, Terry, um, and I hope I do this story justice. Okay. It is something that I recently learned about. I don't know if you paid attention. You know, we saw some posts on Facebook that um, there were a group of people who marched on the Capitol this week here in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta area. Okay. Um, and then I, after seeing that, I wanted to find out what was going on. So, and then finding out, this was not just here in Georgia. This was nationwide and even worldwide. Let me ask you a question is this about the Armenians? Absolutely okay this is about the Armenians and this is um and once I I realized what it was about and I did some researching and I have to admit didn't know about it. you know I pride myself on knowing history, but I did not know this. so I'm gonna you know tell you why the people are marching and, and I'm just going to start there's a story that the media and the world are not paying attention to at least not enough. The small country of Armenia is under attack. The country is located between Turkey and Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Armenia is a Christian nation. The other two nations are Muslim. This history of violence goes back to 1915 when the Ottoman Turks, that was the Ottoman Empire, conducted one of the first acts of genocide against a, against a people in world history. Yep. They murdered 1.5 million Armenians, men, women, and children. Some of them were starved to death and taunted as they did, th- did so. The world which was involved in World War I ignored what was happening in Armenia. To this day, most call it mass murder. It was genocide. They tried to wipe out the entire race. That is the definition of genocide. Today, Turkey and Azerbaijan, and I'm saying that wrong and I apologize, they are blockading Armenia, which is an outright act of war. In 1961, the Kennedy administration conducted a quarantine of Cuba because calling it a blockade, which is a naval term, is an act of war, which is why they called it the quarantine. Turkey is not hiding what they're doing. They are cutting off the tiny nation from food and supplies. We as a nation must stand with Armenia. If we call ourselves a Christian nation, we have to defend this country. The U.N. should defend Armenia, and I don't care about Turkish airspace or military bases. We have to do what's right. This time, the world cannot ignore what they are doing to Armenia. I have seen pictures of the atrocities from 1915, and that can never happen again. The U.S. presidential administration since Woodrow Wilson has ignored these acts of aggression since 1915. There has to be a commitment from whichever administration to stand and defend Armenia. This is exactly why there is a U.N. So the countries of the world have to act now to prevent 1915 from ever happening again. If this was Israel, there would be no question about defending them. So I'm not Armenia. The Armenian people deserve better than what we have done. The Armenians have prided themselves on being considered the first Christians. And as I said, for Christians who believe in the, the great flood story, Noah's Ark, it is the final resting place is on Mount Ararat, which was Armenia before 1915 when Turkey took their land after the genocide. And I say going forward from this day forward, We must stand with and defend the country of Armenia against any acts of aggressions. Thank you, Terry. I
0: have a very good friend who's Armenian. And it wasn't until recently that we even acknowledged it was a genocide.
1: And and there are some who still don't. And they call it mass murder. No, No, it's more than mass murder. You don't kill 1.5 million people. That's genocide. You're trying to wipe out an entire race of people. And I just, you know, after reading about that, I had to say something. And I really hope this gets out to a lot of people.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic, Jerry.
1: All right, so when we get back,
0: we're going to close the show.
1: Folks, we are back, and we're going to close our show up. And Terry, um, I think you have some words to say at the Uh, end of this show. Real fast, real fast. All right,
0: so this election year is shaping up to be historic. Record number of early voters. Jerry, remember we spoke. Ten and a half million people had voted by Tuesday night, right? Yeah, that's a lot record it's, I, it, that's a good thing it's democracy in action absolutely first v- female vice presidential candidate second uh, second I'm sorry Geraldine Jared, I'm sorry. 1984 that was, thank you Terry was thank five years, years old then yeah. so it- absolutely I don't rem- remember Geraldine you know me and her daughter played together I'm just kidding uh all right, and then an inordinate number of mail-in ballots. So typically, we have nine states really? that typically vote by mail, but all my buddies are mailing in ballots. Really? Everybody's
1: mailing ballots. I in am surprised. The yeah, I'm surprised that with the long lines we've been seeing in early voting. I, I, wow,
0: I, dude, this is why I'm saying this is very historic. So this is democracy in action. Democracy is great, people. Our republic continues to move on. It, I know it just seemed six months ago that everything was going to fall apart. <laughs> We're going to be all right, America. I told you. Yeah. I told you. So it's your civic duty to participate. You can't complain if you don't vote. We are a little over two weeks out. So let's make it count, people. And remember, at the second page, we promise you news that you could use will make you think or make
1: you laugh. We'll see you next week with a sports story. Good night and God bless Armenia.